Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on uh, experiencing God in a small group. This is lesson number six. That means that we're halfway through this course, and I really do hope that you're taking something away from it. I hope that uh, if if God is laying on your heart to be the leader of a small group, that you're taking away uh, some good information that's going to be helpful to you down the road, or if God's leading you to become... uh, you know, part of the small group, not necessarily the leader, but just a participant. I hope that you're taking something away uh, so that you can help others and help yourself to really, truly get that experience uh, with him whenever you're in that in that small group setting and not just in the large group. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the heart, and, and we talk a lot about the heart whenever we're talking about uh, any kind of Christian material. Uh, we know that the scripture has a lot to say about the heart. We know that, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to spirituality, the heart is, well, the heart is where it's at. Um, when, when we talk about uh, God impressing something on us, what do we say naturally? God laid on my heart. God's impressing upon my heart. Um, so, so it's good for us just to take a moment and talk about the heart's role uh, in knowing and in, in, in the small group. So sit back, take some notes, and hopefully you learn something new from this today. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do come into your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for this time. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as we come before you, we thank you, God, for this time that we've uh, shared the different, uh, different and unique pieces of what it takes to experience your presence in a small group. And today, Lord God, as we talk about the heart, I pray that you would just impress on your children, Father, how their heart stands with you today. Father, whether uh, whether there's an impurity that needs to be purified by your refining fire, whether they just need to let go of something of the past. Father, I pray that as they hear this lesson that you alone would begin to speak to them. Father, to to just set them free of whatever it is that is holding them back. I pray, Lord God, a healing touch to their heart in the name of Jesus as they sit back and listen to what it is that you want to teach them today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you again for this time. To you be all glory in his name. All God's children said, Amen. So, in talking about the heart, we have to understand uh, the role of the heart whenever it comes to knowing, whenever it comes to, uh, you know, the small group. What, what, do we, what do we rely on our heart for? Well, in our physical body, our flesh relies on our heart for what? To keep us alive. And the spiritual is a lot the same. Uh, Without our pumping heart inside of our chest, our bodies would be a dead shell. Uh, We would would be lifeless uh, because the the heart is a life center. It produces, or rather pushes, uh, the blood out to our extremities so that we can, um, you know, utilize the fullness potential of our body. And and so we have to do things in our flesh that take care of our hearts. Uh, you know, we have to eat the right things. Some of us uh, might have to take a medication. Um, you know, you have to get your exercise in. Some people have to go on a run in order to get their heart working hard enough, get it uh, strong enough. Some people just need a light walk. Everybody has a different situation, but absolutely 100% of people have to do something that's good for their heart. 
because if we're not caring for our heart, then the rest of our body suffers. And it's, it's hand in hand with the heart as we speak of it spiritually. If we're not doing something to care for our heart, then the rest of the body spiritually will suffer. All right, so uh, what is it then that we have to do with our hearts or do for our hearts in order uh, to, to have a prosperous spiritual being? We have to surrender our heart to God. All right, that's the best exercise that you can give your spiritual heart is surrender. It's not easy. Uh, it's, it's like you know, doing, doing cardio exercise. It's not easy. It might burn. Uh, it might give you a little bit of discomfort, but at the end of it, there's a reward because you're healthier for it. And, and it, it helps increase the strength of your heart. Your heart now has more stamina because you are able to go through this endurance exercise. And, and so if we allow our heart spiritually speaking then to be surrendered unto God then we have a a new kind of cardio I guess you would say um, that 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 gives us a new endurance a new power a new uh, you know flame a new zeal all right so so we do our exercise of surrendering our hearts unto God and saying you know what Lord um, I'm just giving it all to you. And it's, we've talked about this before. It's the hardest thing to do is just to hand it over because we have this, this means of being wired that says, I have to be in control. But if God is in control, he can do something amazing with our hearts, our spiritual hearts. He can, he can fill our hearts with knowledge, Right? And so sometimes, um, and maybe you've been in this situation, sometimes you don't know what to do about whatever it is that it's, that's, that's at hand. But suddenly, you just know. And, and something, quote unquote, comes to mind, and you're like, yes, that will work. I, I, I perfectly realize that that will work. And so you try it, and it does in fact work. And so, now you look at it and you say, okay, what, what can I do? How, how did I come up with that? What, what can I do with this? Um, if, if somebody says, how did you do that? How do I explain it? God can fill our hearts with knowledge. And, and some people want to put God in their theology box and say God can only fill our hearts with scriptural knowledge with spiritual knowledge but I truly believe that God will give you the knowledge to do whatever it is that is that that, that you're facing that day if you uh, you know if you're working in the yard and you cannot figure out how you're going maybe you got the mower stuck um, you cannot figure out how you're gonna get that mower out of that ditch just wait on it and and Think it through. Fill yourself with anointed reasoning, right? Ask the Lord, Father, come and reason with me. And wait for him to fill your heart with knowledge. Because as you wait on him, chances are something will come to you. 
and you'll try it and it'll work. So God will fill your heart with knowledge. Now in a, in a more uh, spiritual sense, when God fills your heart with knowledge, um, it, it can look like prophecy. It can look like reaching out to someone and saying, God gave me a word for you. I need you to receive this. It can look like uh, you're, you just flowing with revelation. All right. So when God fills the heart with knowledge, revelation, because that is knowledge from God, revelation knowledge will flow out of it. All right. Um, when when we allow our heart to be filled with knowledge from God, what does that mean we're actually allowing? That actually means that we are allowing our heart, our spiritual heart, to receive truth. Remember that we've talked about uh, how, how the Word of God is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we allow our hearts, through surrender, to be filled with truth. It takes a little bit of effort on our parts to receive truth into our hearts. Because there's, there's four, I, I guess, conditions to receiving of truth that we have to make sure that we are prepared for. All right, so a heart that receives truth and is able to be filled with knowledge from God is humble. All right, uh, having, having a humble heart, that means setting aside all of your pride, as hard as that can be sometimes, setting aside uh, envy, strife, ridiculous things that you don't want any part of, uh, but sometimes because we are humans living in a fallen world, they get in there. And so set those set those things aside, fix your eyes on God, surrender your heart to him, and your heart will become humbled in the presence of God. And then at, at the time that you become humble in your heart, you're ready to receive truth. Okay, a heart that receives truth has to have a clear conscience. If your heart is burdened, because of something that you did, then you're building up a barrier wall. And, and you have to be able to be set free from that, from that thing, whatever it was, be it a sin, be it, uh, you know, just something that we would otherwise classify as just a wrongdoing, um, an unintentional mistake, but it bothers you because you didn't correct it. Whatever it is, you have to be able to break down that wall so that God can come and fill your heart. Now, let me just give you a tip on this. You will not be able to single-handedly break down that wall, okay? In order to break down the wall and clear one's conscience in their heart, it takes Jesus. It absolutely, 100% of the time, takes a touch from God. To walk back to that moment and see Jesus in it, remember from counseled by God that we uh, took the time to discuss inner healing. It, It takes the time of saying, God, be present with me in that moment. Show me your mercy. Show me your grace for that time. Okay, and, and so you go back with God and you uh, ask him to clear your conscience of that. And truly, I believe that if you ask forgiveness, ask him to clear your conscience of whatever that, that might have been, that he will hear you and that he will forgive you and clear your conscience. All right, 
Another aspect to a heart that receives truth cannot be full of condemnation. Uh, That is towards yourself and that is toward others. Uh, Sometimes we don't have any trouble. We We can look on others with love all the time and it's great and you just see no fault in anyone. And, and, I, and I've known people like this. Uh, and and they, just, they just love everybody. And everybody just is so good in their eyes. Until they come to the mirror. And when they look in the mirror, they're full of condemnation for themselves. And they come and they look and they say, you could have done that better. You could have you lived up to a higher standard in that moment. You could have done this. You could have been that. But if your heart has that condemnation toward yourself or toward another person, you're building up a barrier wall and you won't be receptive to the truth that God wants to give you in your heart. Okay? And so again, take those moments and, and if you are one of those people who is guilty of self-condemnation, when you look in the mirror, don't look with your own eyes. Look with the eyes of your Savior. And when you look in the mirror with the eyes of your Savior, then, then, is when you need to look and say, He loved me with a cross. In that moment, when, when you realize that you are condemning yourself and, and we have a tendency as human beings to condemn ourselves over the littlest things. But when you look and you see that condemnation, replace it. Replace it with the love of God. Remember that, that a, a, a thief hung on a cross right next to Jesus and said, remember me. That's all he said was, remember me. And Jesus, authoritatively, compassionately, driven by compassion, said, Surely I tell you this day you shall be with me in paradise. Alright? If, 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 if a thief condemned by men hung on a cross next to Jesus can be forgiven, How much more can Jesus forgive you? Always look through that lens. All right, and then finally, a heart that receives truth. And this one maybe might be a little bit obvious. A heart that receives truth is seeking truth. So you're, you, you have a humility about you. You have a clear conscience. You've gotten rid of condemnation. What do you want? You want truth. You're you're hungry. You're in the word. You're seeking God's face. You're coming to him in prayer with a journal. You're writing out what he is showing you. You're, You're listening for his voice. You are in it to win it. A heart that receives truth is seeking truth. And what does Matthew 7, 7 teach us? It says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. All right, so you're asking for truth, it shall be given unto you. You seek the truth, it shall be found. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. That's a good God. Somebody say amen. There are three things that we need to know 
that come from God speaking into our hearts. And and for some of you, these three things are probably going to be like, oh, I should have seen that coming. But maybe you didn't, and that's okay. But listen, when when we allow God to speak into our hearts, these three things are the fruit of the knowledge that is flowing from God alone into our hearts and then out of us. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. All right, what do we need to understand about these three terms? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, yes, they go hand in hand, but they're different, okay? So wisdom is a spirit. You can ask God for wisdom, and, and, and God may give you the spirit of wisdom in the situation that you're in, and, and we, we take wisdom and we often define it as this, you know, amplified version of knowledge, but it's not. Wisdom is a spirit, okay? A spirit of wisdom uh, came upon Solomon, and, and, and we have to look at, when we ask for wisdom, we have to look for that spirit of wisdom that's going to fall on us when we ask for it. Knowledge is not so much a spirit, but a receiving. We receive knowledge, okay? A spirit of wisdom comes upon us. We receive knowledge into our hearts, and through anointed reasoning, we can move it into our minds uh, in a way that glorifies God. But then understanding is, is perhaps the deepest point Understanding takes the spirit of wisdom and the receiving of knowledge working together to, well, yeah, it's obvious, but to understand, okay? And, and so understanding comes from wisdom and knowledge working together, and understanding is similar to knowledge, except it's more enlightened, Okay? Uh, so, when, when we, we specifically see the term understanding, uh, whenever Paul addresses speaking in tongues, okay? And, and so, he urges us that we should pray with tongues, but that we should also pray with understanding. And it's important for us in any situation that when we are working in a, in a supernatural level, working on a spiritual level, that we come to God in search of understanding. Because understanding, in a, in a way here, is, is the knowing from God's perspective, okay? And so we, we have this spirit of wisdom, and we have the knowledge that God has given us. And between the two coming together, we come to a place of understanding, and we suddenly are able to see this is what God was saying. This is what God was showing me all along. All right? And and these are the three things that come from God speaking into our hearts. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The heart, remember, is, um, is so unique and really speaks a language of imagery. 
and, and I didn't really understand this for the longest time, uh, and, and it's really become fresh to me probably in the last year and a half, two years. But the fact that pictures are the language of the heart, I've come to a place now where I understand what that means because when I look, uh, and, and I'm doing it right now, as I sit in my office, I look at these pictures that are around me and each picture that I look at brings back a memory, holds an emotion, makes me feel something, okay? So the heart has a language that is pictures. And because the, the, the pictorial language of the heart gives us emotions that we can run off of, then the heart instantly relates to dreams and visions because dreams and visions tend to come in the form of pictures, all right? And then the Bible gives us um, a, a, a specific instruction regarding the heart, and that is that we should guard our hearts. That comes from Proverbs chapter 4 um, and verse 23. And I'm going to read that to you here in just a second once I get turned to it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going all around it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. I'll read it from the New International Version. And it says this. It says, above all else, I want, I want that to be the part that you really hold on to. Proverbs 4.23 Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That's really a, a powerful passage of scripture. Because it, it, it really speaks to the fact that no matter what we are doing, no matter, um, no matter where we're at in life, everything that we do, every action is born of the heart. And, and so we have to be cautious. We have to be, um, you know, proactive and, and knowing that when we are acting, we are immediately f- reflecting what's going on within us. And so if we're angry, then we begin to lash out. It's born of our hearts. And so, so the word says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And I want you, thats I'm going to give you that homework assignment this week. I want you to go into Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I want you to read it once daily this week. I want you to write it out. And I want you to ask God what he wants to say to you about that verse. I want you to journal through it. I, I want you to come to a place of just saying, God, what is it that you want to really reveal to me? From Proverbs 4.23, am I guarding my heart correctly? Am I, am I guarding my heart in a way that glorifies you? Alright, go deep. Take a moment and, and get deep into the presence of God to find out how you're doing with guarding your heart. This is the scripture that I want to close with. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
Beginning in the second half of verse 10 and ending uh, with verse 12, it says this, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Wow. Did you catch the word that is in there? What what we have received isn't the spirit of the world, but it's the spirit of God so that we may freely understand what God has given to us. Okay? Remember, understanding is the result of wisdom and knowledge working together. God placed a knowledge of his son and of his spirit in our hearts and has asked, we've asked a spirit of wisdom to fall upon us. And so because of those things working together, we may understand what God has freely given us. What has God freely given us? God has freely given us forgiveness, salvation, a hope, and a future. All right, so so this lesson on the heart, maybe it got a little bit deep for you. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it only grazed the surface of what you were hungry for. But I want you to take this information today, and I want you to drive deep. I want you to seek God and, and, and really explore your own heart and figure out what it is that God needs to show you about your heart and the condition of your heart today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this time, and I ask, Lord God, uh, that you would just pour out your blessing upon your children who have received this message. I pray, Father, uh, for a spirit of wisdom to begin to fall right now in the name of Jesus, that it would just fall mightily and heavily on each person who hears the words of this teaching. Father, that, that all of us would, would find ourselves seeking uh, the, the inflow of knowledge, Lord God, so that when we receive the knowledge that pours out from your Spirit and we receive the Spirit of wisdom that falls upon us, that we may understand the things which you have freely given. Father, that we, would, that we ourselves would freely give because we have freely received just the way that your Word instructs us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would touch the hearts of these people. Lord God, if they struggle with a conscience that is not clear, if they struggle with self-condemnation or the condemnation of others, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would begin in this moment to set them free. Break the chains, Lord God, that hold them captive, that they would no longer stand in bondage, but, Father, that they would walk in freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ, because you alone have set them free. You have said, Lord God, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You have said, Lord God, to know the truth and that when we know the truth, the truth shall set us free. And so, Father, today we seek to know truth with a seeking heart and we pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for divine wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to be ours until the day that you return or the day you call us home. In the name of Christ Jesus and all God's children said, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll meet back here in a couple days for Lesson 7. Take care.